Hello everybody, welcome to episode 97 of the Metal Cell Podcast. This is your host, Richie, and that was the brilliant Dublin-based Dirty Power with their new single, Back to One. What a great opening track to the show. Well done, lads. And that was the final piece of the excellent Notions EP puzzle, described by the band as an absolute favourite set closer at live shows do you remember those things live shows yeah like many throughout the world dirty power were hit with live cancellations as the music industry came to a standstill the dublin-based hard rock trio dirty power driven by an independent do-it-yourself punk ethic in everything from the writing recording and release process to approaching performing and touring rest assured when the live scene is back in action so will be dirty power Major shout out to Brendan, Marik and Danny for the track. Now on to the main part of the show, which is an interview myself and Danielle did with Ronan and Ainsley of Skated. If you don't know too much about Skated, they were formed in 2017. And the current lineup consists of Ainsley on vocals, Ronan on drums, Luke on bass, Brian on guitars and Luke on guitars. Also, they have one brilliant EP behind them already. That is called Where the Truth Occurs. Big shout out to Kelvin Dorn of Serpent Tusk Studios who designed the cover of that and the t-shirt as well. The brilliant single out of that EP was called Compromise Me. You might have came across the video uh, directed by Olga. And we have an exclusive track as well called Deceit, which will be released on Friday the 13th. So all that will be talked about in the show. And don't forget to subscribe to The Metal Cell on YouTube and share, like and convert your friends to the show. Okay, so that's it. Here comes the interview with Skated's Ainsley and Ronan. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I have my co-host alongside me, Daniel. How are you, Daniel? All good, Richie. And I want to welcome Ronan and Ainsley from Skated. How are you, lads? Hello. Very good. Hiya. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. You had mentioned to us a long time ago, I think when we released our last EP, about possibly coming on the show. And obviously the last six months have been a total write-off. True. Yeah. We decided we were going to release a new song, so we thought it'd be great to finally have a chat with you. Yes, absolutely. And um, that song is coming out on November the 13th, is it? Is it? Yeah. yeah, November 13th. Yeah, uh, December 13th. Is it Friday, is it? Friday, is it? Yeah. it is. It is yeah. <laughs> we were doing the, uh, we, were, we announced the artwork and stuff the other day, and it was only when you put it down in writing, I realized, oh shit, lads, this is Friday the 13th. Yeah. How is this gonna work? But yeah, Ronan had said it in the chat, and I was I was actually in a lecture at the time, and I was trying really inconspicuously to like be checking the socials, make sure everything was in line. And when Ronan was like, "Oh, the date is," and I was like, "Oh my god, did I post the wrong date?" And I was freaking out. But he just said, "Oh no, Friday the 13th Way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> the artwork is interesting. It was with Adam Robert Martin. Fast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, it's very unusual. I really like it. Yeah, it's. It, I think we kind of consciously wanted to do something different than the last time. We went with Kelvin um, uh, yeah. the previous time, and Kelvin is an absolute class act. We absolutely loved what he did for us. The best choice you could ever make, yeah. Yeah, so. the first one. Mm. Kelvin's like he's just absolutely deadly. He yeah. nails it every time. Yeah, and sure, that um, T-shirt must have sold out, did it? And uh, how many yeah, runs? Nearly, nearly twice over, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Savage T-shirt, no yeah. I wasn't expecting that. That was really cool. Absolutely like, not. It was the yeah. They they just flew out. It was absolutely mental. Yeah. What had happened was we bought we bought a box of the T-shirts the first time around for our launch gig, and we didn't even have Bandcamp at the time. And I said, look, I'll throw Bandcamp up. We'll see. We might sell one or two. And I think <laughs> ever the optimist. <laughs> genuinely, the first I think we put them up on a Friday, and by Monday or Tuesday the next week, I had to order a restock. They were nearly all taken mm. for, which was absolutely yeah. insane for yeah. our first run of t-shirts. It's yes, 
absolutely incredible the response and, to it. And yeah. you know what? The artwork was so good, it didn't matter, you know, the black and white. Of course, it was yeah. So good, oh, yeah. it, it just didn't matter. Because, like, when I, when I saw like the original print that he gave you for the actual EP cover, I was just blown away by the colors and everything. It was just like, yeah. fucking hell, fabulous. No, he really nailed it, absolutely. Um, but yeah, we, we just kind of, I think we kind of make a conscious decision each time we do something to kind of go for something a little bit different than the previous time. And I had seen Adam's illustrations, um, I think originally through Draconis. He did Draconis's album. Ah, yes, he did. That's it. Yes. And it, I was wondering. Yeah. It's just this, I don't even know how to describe it. You know, he has a lot of lines and a lot of just cool drawings and stuff and I was drawn to it straight away so mm. I yeah. sent the guys his portfolio and I think we were we were all pretty much unanimous then after yeah. that we, we, we loved it I yes. love work it's just like I was so happy with how it came out I'm just thrilled with it like it's just his work is beautiful and I'm, mm. I'm really happy that we get to kind of we get to have his stamp on our work as well it's just it couldn't yeah. have worked out better to be honest yeah. Two great yeah. choices so yeah. far. It's kind of very yeah. kind of gothic and kind of dallyish as well. That's right. Yeah. Look out as well. And it's cool because they're both so contrasting, but they both kind of suit your music in a in a different way, which is yeah. really cool. Can you reveal any more about the the single? Is that artwork going to feature further in relation to merch and stuff? Are you looking at it that way? Yes, um, we have just, I've actually just in the last couple of days got the, a big box of merch um, sitting Ooh. in the spare room of the house here. So nice. we have some t-shirts that I think by the time this goes live will have been on sale. Okay. Um, and cool. we're doing some beanies as well. Um, nice. Possibly a few awesome. more things down the line when we get a bit more cash flow into the band. Sort of we'll, we'll sell a few things and then we'll maybe restock with other bits and pieces as well. Yeah. Right, and also, did you say something about a competition as well, maybe? Or? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. For, for for the listeners here and the mm. viewers, I suppose we can give away um, a, a T-shirt, yeah. Sweet. Absolutely. Cool. We've got okay. them, uh, yeah, we've got them all sitting and prepared, waiting to go. So we can't wait for people to see them. And again, we went, you know, last time we went with white because I think almost a pet peeve of ours is that I think every band has a black T-shirt with a white logo and a white design. You're preaching so, yeah. to the converted, my man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was telling, I was telling Ainsley and our guitar player, Luke, there during the week that I remember very well playing. I played the Siege of Limerick three years ago, I think, 2017, and with an old band of mine. And we were going up putting the merch um, with John up at the table at the back. And, you know, there were people trying to buy T-shirts and they're like, you know, the one up there, the black one with the, the white logo. And he was saying, look, everything here is, is black with a white logo. Um, and one thing that struck me uh, from then was um, Zora at the time had, it was like a royal purple yes. T-shirt. Yeah. That's right, yeah. With a green and yellow design. And it just, it stood out straight away. I bought one myself and I think a lot of other mm -hmm. people did just purely for something different. Um, so yeah, we went with, we did a classic black one this time, but we've also gone for uh, maroon as well on top. Ooh. Oh, so, cool. Something nice, nice and different, yeah. Nice. We approve, we approve. Yeah. I'm looking forward maroon, to this now. Maroon burgundy is like my favourite colour, so I'll definitely pick one of those up. That's yeah. good. Okay, so for people that don't know about the band, maybe Ainsley, you might give us a brief outline on when you started. Was it around 2017? Yeah, well, me, myself and um, our guitarist, Luke, have been playing together since about then, 2016-17. Uh, Ryan rolled in, actually on drums originally. Uh, this The lineup of this band is a story in itself. Um, and yeah, we were just kind of jamming together, not really doing anything serious, though. But we did um, release Petrify then in 2018. Great um, and then things just kind of evolved and we, we just switched up the line a bit Ryan actually wanted to move to guitar so he did so we needed a drummer um, and we needed a bass player and that's where Luke and uh, Luke Butterly and Ronan came in so after that like we had a couple of songs written like the bones of a few things together like um, the original three of us mm -hmm. and um, then the two lads came in and then just worked their magic on them and we went in and recorded our EP Where Truth Occurs and um, 
it took a little bit longer than we anticipated but it was worth it in the end and we really like just enjoy the whole process of it and you actually learn so so much like we i had never released uh well actually that's a lie i have i had released music before but like with something that i'd worked on like been like an integral part of like for so long you just learn more about the process of releasing music and, and all the things that you have to take into account like like merch and and just making sure all your distributed your distributions like lined up and everything like that uh, release gigs stuff like that um so it was it was an experience and i feel like we've taken so much from that release and learned so much and hope we're hoping that like with the, this release with deceit that we can take it just that step further and kind of mm-hmm. put what we've learned into practice yeah, Ronan, like drummers are a rare breed in Ireland. 100%. So what was your background in relation to drumming, first of all? Were you always a drummer? Uh, no, I started out playing piano um, as a child. Mm. I think my parents got me lessons from when I was four or five years old. Um, yeah, I started out on the piano and did that up until my junior, or till my leaving cert, actually. I did music up the whole way, but kind of hit a rebellious phase when I was about 14. Um and who you listen yeah, to then? I, I obviously, you know, you start off uh, and someone shows you Metallica mm. and uh, Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning. A friend <laughs> of mine had given me uh, two CDs that I think his dad had bought maybe 20 years ago. They had been played mm. that much, they were skipping, but it just blew my mind that there was this, like, you know, element of music yeah. out there and that I never even considered before. And from then, just kind of exploded from there i was huge into slipknot in my um in my teenage years as well joey jordison i pretty much copied every (laughs) fill i copied all of his fills um when i was 16 learning to play um but yeah i just started off there was myself and a friend from school that we just started writing riffs together and i started off and i was absolutely crap um (laughs) but after six months to a year uh, i was practicing maybe two three hours a day um on a little electric kit at home and i was just so eager to 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 play music with other people and to write music and just went on from there and after that band kind of then i played with a band called called arms um, and that was from 2015 i think 2015 to 2017 we did so many gigs and shows around Ireland with them. How um, old are you then, Ronan? I I was the old man in the band. Um, I was 21 at the time. Jeez, um, and the lads that. were 16, 17. They were only kids. <laughs> um, and I think part of the reason they needed a drummer at the time was that their old drummer was 14, 15. And uh, he wasn't allowed into any of the venues. The bouncers were turning them away. So um, they needed someone needed someone a little bit older. But yeah, no, we played with the guys for two and a half years. We played up and down the country over and over. Like we, I really cut my teeth in the Irish scene mm. with them. Um, and then, yeah, kind of towards the end of 2017, then uh, left the band. Um, <clears throat> we had done a couple of, we had done a couple of singles with them. Um, and then I think they went on, they released their album actually earlier on during this year, I think, just before the lockdown. All right, cool. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and then I think I kind of just took, after that, I took maybe six months out just to finish my degree. Um, myself, Ainsley and uh, Ryan all did the same degree. We were all in BIM together. Um, and what were you studying? Uh, all music performance Ainsley obviously uh, looking at vocals and then I was mm. drums uh, okay. drum performance and Ryan was guitar um, so you then, all knew each other or were you just on sluting terms we, we were la- I, I kind of knew Ainsley a little bit through mutual friends from college and stuff okay um, and, and I think yeah, and we would have we would have seen each other at gigs and everything mm. like, but we wouldn't have been particularly close. And we were laughing as well. Myself and Ryan were in the same course for four years, and we didn't speak once until what? after we finished. Yeah, you know, uh, it's just funny how it goes. I think we were both kind of uh, we we both kind of kept to ourselves a little bit. We were kind of a little bit shy, and then, mm. um, but yeah, no, the guys hit me up then. I think in 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 the summer of two thousand eighteen, and we just kind of went from from strength to strength there. As as you said, you know, they had the songs written and we went about, um, we went about recording and releasing Where Truth Occurs and um, 
yeah, and here we are now. How did um, Danny Bokov from North South get involved? Had any be any dealings with him before? Or? Yeah, um, so I knew Danny through my boyfriend uh, who plays in Jailbirds and he um, is a long-time friend of Ed's. So um, uh, we'd done Petrify with Danny actually before mm. and... Um, so it was just a case of going back to who, someone who we knew we, we knew would do a good job on it, mm-hmm. and uh, and he did, he did and yeah. yeah. So that that's how we knew him. Basically, yeah, he was he was a friend of my boyfriend's, and um, it was just convenient that way. So yeah. And the drums and bass, then of course, was Michael Richards. Yeah, um, you know when we when we set out to record, uh, I think we were all a little. I wouldn't say naive, but we were all a little bit green in terms of recording an EP, putting it together. And, you know, we set out and there was a lot of different setbacks and stuff. I think there was an issue with the guitar recordings. Ainsley, wasn't it? There's something to do with a hard drive issue. Mm-hmm. We had to record the guitars again, yeah. second time. And uh, Danny has a studio up in, uh, I think he's, he's based up in Belfast most of the time. But it was it was just really awkward time-wise getting myself and himself together with a free time to record mm-hmm. it. And time was going on and on. And we had set aside a couple of different dates, but end up with, with work and stuff. Like, I think we're all, we were all working part-time, working different hours. Um, so we ended up just going to, to, to Michael and Track Mix. Yeah. And um, I've actually worked with Michael a lot over the last two years. I do a lot of session drums with him. Okay. Um, and we just have a great relationship and we can I think we work really well together we you know we went in that day and we blew through the drums I think in about two hours we did each song and maybe one or two takes that was pretty much it um, wow. the bass actually the bass we had recorded with Danny but it ended up happening that um, our bassist Luke ended up getting he got a brand new Dingwall bass um, gorgeous five string um, bass guitar and I think he was just dying to, to record it. So Mick, <laughs> he, we were in there, we were doing the drum tracks. Mick got a DI, he linked it up. Um, we actually used the bass for the scratch tracks in the background. So I just had a metronome and the bass playing and um, Luke was able to put his new bass on the tracks as well. So we were, it worked out great for everybody. Yeah, Jesus. He also had problems with CDs as well, was it? Oh. <laughs> The word gets around, lads. There's no hiding place. Word gets around. Yeah. Um, again, it's just, I think this was the first time we had done a full package with all of us. You know, I had recorded and released music before. I'd never put out a CD. Um, there was an issue with the master, I think. So, but we didn't realize at the time that the industry standard um, for a mastering of a CD is there's a lead-in time of about, I think it's like one and a half seconds or something like that between okay. each track. But um, the first song um, on our EP, Initiation, is just, it's about a 35-second intro um, that leads into Compromise Me. But it's just, it's a constantly building, building, building. And we had the CDs and we were just listening to them. And it's a four count in on the drums. One, two, three, four. One, two. And then the song oh, came in. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, but, and you know, it was the sort of thing that we should have known to to ask them to have a look at. Um, mm. You know what maybe I mean? They should have known also, maybe. You know, it, you know, it was... I wouldn't say it was anyone's fault in particular. You know what I mean? Mm. We sent the files to the CD crowd. I mean, they would have just assumed that yeah. it was okay. that it was A-OK. Um, but we got a really, really quick turnaround. The guys that printed them did us a great deal. And they sent out um, the same batch of CDs again without the cases. And then we had to do a real quick switcheroo. Um, mm. But we got them sorted in the end. But uh, yeah. yeah, and I think, as Ainsley said, you know, we, we did everything ourselves that first time. And... You know, Great learning. Learned. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Like I'm a firm believer that you can't you can't learn if you don't make mistakes. You know, absolutely. If you do something wrong, you say, "Well, okay, so here's what went wrong. I know for the next time that I need to check." 
mm. what way the gap is going to be between the, the, the songs or just you'll for find, everything that we've done. Yeah, you'll find out a lot about your bandmates as well. Like if, if they're losing their plot over it, you kind of go, fucking hell, you know, <laughs> that's just something small. Imagine if something bigger comes down the line. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool heads. Absolutely, yeah. No, I think we're, we're, we're quite good for that. You know, we're, we're all, we're five kind of different people, but... I think when it all comes down to it, we're able to kind of air everything between us and we're able to kind of get everything sorted. There's no there's no big egos or anything involved. Like I think everything is just for the betterment of the of the band going forward. Um, yeah. As opposed yeah. to just kind of individual gain, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant EP. I mean, it still sounds fresh. I was listening to it again today and Jesus, the, the riffage in it is fantastic. Like, it's great. Yeah. You know, it's great. And Ainsley, your vocals as well. What um, made you go for the single Compromise Me out of the five? Was it an obvious choice? It just, I think it just felt like, um, it, well, we released Sacrament first as a single Mm. And then compromise me. We did the music video for because we felt yeah, like compromise me might be a bit more fun to like. It's it was a bit uh, hookier, so we thought that that would be kind of like just a little bit the energy of it. We thought would be pretty fun to try and portray through a music video, and it was, and it was it was great crack, and we were all really happy with how the music video turned out. Mm. Um, Olga did that for us, and she did an absolutely amazing yeah, job. Well fantastic for the scene, Olga. Yeah, yeah, no, that. The, the, uh, the, the just to, to talk about compromise me for a minute. That was the first song that I kind of put my own spin to. So when I joined the band, Ryan had his original parts, and um, you'll hear in the verse that I just do like a kind of a, a storm and double bass kind mm-hmm. of. It's like a double bass groove the whole way. Um, and when the lads gonna hear that first, they're like, oh this is deadly. We'd never thought to kind of try and do this thing mm. before. So I think it was just a nice mix of all the different elements of the band. Mm. There's the fast and heavy yeah. stuff, but just a real catchy chorus as well. Um, like a great hook on the vocal. And yes. I think it's, it's the one that people, along with Petrify, I think a lot of people kind of know the words to um, and mm. gigs were kind of mm-hmm. singing back and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. 2,337 views, lads. Yeah, it's doing doing great, <laughs> doing fairly well. We were, we were delighted with how it came out. I think um, it, it was a difficult shoot. Um, we we learned a lot too on that shoot that day. Um, it was quite a tough one, Ainsley, wasn't it? Oh, it was so tough, but it was so worth it. Like it was so it was comically hard work. Like physically, yeah. we had to carry all of the gear. Like we had driven up to, I think it was Warren Point, which took about an hour and a half, two hours. And then we had to carry all the gear across a beach, up a wall, through a scaffolding, into a swimming pool that we then <laughs> had to clean. Like yeah. it was, but it was, it was really fun. Like I, yeah. I wouldn't change it for the world. Like it was just great. <laughs> it was. And at the time, I think we were saying, oh my God, you know, never again but we look back on it now and like we actually had a great time like Alan mm. Alan D who who works with Olga on her shoots is great as well like and uh, um, we just had a great time doing it and we were hoping mm. to, to be able to work with Olga again I think we wanted to do a music video originally but of course we're actually based kind of in, in three different counties ourselves originally so we weren't we haven't really been able to meet up yeah, of course yeah. to do it so how did you come across Skated, Daniel? It was actually through Kelvin's work. Um, no. okay. I, yeah, because I, I follow like Serpent Tusk's uh, studio. And I was kind of intrigued by the... It's kind of not exactly something, the kind of artwork that Kelvin would always do. So mm. I kind of looked into you that way. And obviously, like, you know, female vocalists is rare in Ireland. Um, so I checked you out that way and thought it was really cool. thought the production value was really high in your um, EP. It was really, really cool. And the track that stood out to me actually was um, New Hollow. Um, I thought that was really like kind of sitting there getting into the groove and then it kind of took me out, of no- out by surprise halfway through. I was like, whoa. Um, so yeah, some awesome riffs, some savage solos and great all around performance from everybody, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. So we're kind of, is the next recording going to be an EP or are you going album, lads? Can you reveal anything yet? <laughs> <laughs> we have... We have been writing like crazy um, mm-hmm. over the lockdown. It actually worked out really, really well that all five of us now um, have kind of production rigs at home um, that we're able to demo from. Um, 
because I had done, it would have started off, I recorded all the demos and stuff pre-production before we would have gone into the studio. But now every member of the band has the ability to kind of record their own parts. So it might be somebody even just humming a riff to start out, they might send it mm. to me. I'll program a bit of keyboards and some drums and stuff, and then it gets sent back and forth and around. Okay. And, um, but yeah, the first, I think the first two months of lockdown, myself and Luke Menton, we have two Lukes in the band, Luke Menton, our guitar player, just, and it wasn't even a conscious thing. Um, I was obviously off, I was off work for four months, just sitting at home, and we must have written, I think, six or seven songs in about six weeks. We were just flying oh. through stuff, so we're a little bit up in the air as to what way we want to release stuff um, after this, but definitely at least another EP, yeah. you know, mm. um, but I think that's, that's kind of, we're going to get it, try and get stuff recorded first and then we're going to see really how, um, how it adds up. Yeah. Yeah. Ainsley, as a singer, I know now it's a long time since you played a gig, like, but do you have any pre-gig rituals around like that? Do you have any? Yeah. Oh my god. Like I'm just trying to think of what they are because I haven't done them in so long. Um, I absolutely have to have a really good night's sleep. Like that's okay. just that's one thing. And Very rock and roll. Yeah. So that's one thing. And then I do like tend to drink a lot of water on the day. And uh, I did learn, like, I used to never warm up before gigs, but I do find that, like, I just used to watch over videos and stuff like that. And I actually could not sit through videos from of myself, like, from, like, the early days when I didn't really care that much. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just kind of sick of feeling like, oh, that sounds really bad. So I did, I do have, like, a, a very quick, like, warm-up routine. If I can go even into a toilet somewhere and just, like, mm. into a jumper, like, make weird sounds. Um <laughs> But I always have like a shot or two of whiskey before I go on just to lose a little yes. bit. Like I can't That's not. It's, and I don't know if it's a placebo, but I just I do have to have my shot of whiskey before I go on. So. <laughs> and did you have to work initially much on your ability, we'll say, to connect with audiences? Is there certain routines that you've developed over the years to connect with the audience? Yeah, like before Ronan and uh, Ryan joined the band, like I, I really had... Uh, quite bad performance anxiety I didn't uh, mm-hmm. I loved it like I loved doing it but I felt mm-hmm. like I just couldn't step into like performance mode I was just I just did vocals I just stood in front of the mic and I just sang or whatever Um, so I did just kind of work on relaxing a bit and just like pr- like practicing put me at ease like if I knew that I didn't have to worry about how the vocals going to sound that helped me a lot with just kind of getting involved and engaging people because they want to engage with you. And I noticed that, like I was looking at people in front of me and being like, well, they are trying to engage with me. So like, I need to just do my part here. And I think like, obviously like I watch a lot of live performance videos that we all do of our favorite bands and just kind of like seeing like, oh, it's not that weird to, you know, be screaming in someone's face or it's not weird to go and just be jumping around like a mad joke. So (laughs) like, I, do you know what? The thing that helped me the most was just, thinking how would if I was watching this set right now what would I be doing I'd be just bopping I would just mm. like I really would just be loosening up and just having a good time so that's what I do when I'm on stage when yeah. I'm playing with the guys it's great and I just I just let my hair down and I just act like I would be if I was in the audience myself mm. so. because I'm sure there's girls out there in the crowd watching you and that might have the potential to be singers for a band you know and yeah. they're looking at you and as you said like if you've no fear and you're moving around and you're talking to the audience and stuff like that, that gives them um, a great, what would you say, inspiration maybe to pursue it themselves. Do you yeah. find it frustrating that, like, as, as a woman, the first thing people want to do is compare you to other women in the metal scene? Do you ever get that? Like, is it, instead of com- being compared to a frontman of a band, yeah. you know, do, do you find that frustrating? That Yeah, because I, I do think that, like, each woman in the scene like has her own sound and her own way of doing things and I don't think that like our gender has is connects us in that way like it doesn't really like I had someone um wrote a review on the on the hailstorm show and uh, they said that my vocals like 
it was something crazy. It was like Debbie Harry Cross with Phil Anselmo. And I was like, I actually, I like that because it's not just like another <laughs> one here. Like yes. that's yeah. the weirdest comparison I've ever, like it was, it just caught me off guard. And I was like, that's kind of cool though, that like, I, it's not just, it's not always going to be women who I'm being pitted against, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Like I'm sure when you sit down writing lyrics uh, you're not thinking about being a woman. You're thinking about the themes of the lyrics, you know, what you want to portray. And like, hopefully people will realize that gender should be left out of music. You know, it's all inclusive and yeah. it's genderless. Like, but I think the Irish scene is good that way. Definitely. What would you say, Danielle, in relation to that? Yeah, like, I don't think anybody would be like, disregard um, a band for having female members. I don't think Irish people are really like that. And I think in, in the scene, it is very inclusive. Um, like I know loads of people, loads of women like who listen to metal and go to all the gigs and never get any hassle for it. I think it is very inclusive. Um, it's just, it's an obvious fact that it, there is a way higher percentage, probably like 95% uh, men. But, um, but it's great to see like Ainsley now and uh, yeah. representing like... Um, <laughs> But yeah, I know it's it, it is great and definitely connecting with the crowd, connecting with people in the crowd, and encouraging them to be up there on stage. Yeah, it's so um, important. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Like you know, I've got my calling now. I'm going to be on stage next. <laughs> <laughs> so on Jack's solo album, isn't it? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, Jack's solo album. Except I'll just be a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> so lyrics wise, Ainsley, I presume. I could be wrong now, but do you more or less write all the lyrics for the band? Um, so for Where Truth Occurs and for Petrify, I wrote the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with this release, me and Ronan actually collaborated on them this time. Um, okay. Ronan had the ly- had lyrics, like I think you had, wasn't it the the chorus and then the outro? And yeah, the- done, sent them to me and said what do you think and then I wrote the verses and some, th- some things around it and obviously I wrote my the vocal melody, the vocal lines um, so this I think yeah it's for the most part like in the prior releases like I did all the writing for the lyrics and stuff like that but I enjoyed kind of collaborating with Ronan this time mm-hmm. and um, I do like that um, kind of melding my experience with Ronan's experience or other guys in the or the other guys in the band it kind of helps it be a bit more cohesive because I could go off and be singing about anything like and <laughs> like they just write the tune and I just I could be with something in mind and then I'll write something with write like the vocal with something entirely different in mind so I do think that like it does kind of help mm. uh, it's nice sometimes to collaborate and just make sure we're on the same page yeah. in, in that way have yeah. you got a notebook or talking to a phone or something when inspiration comes oh. to you? <laughs> Everything. I have yeah. so many notebooks that I never finish because I lose <laughs> them and then I buy another one <sighs> and then I start writing in that and I found, find the old one and just I'd be writing everywhere or my, my notes in my phone as well. Class. And Ronan, what's it like working with the lads in this situation now that everybody is separated? You're just sending tracks back and forth, is it mainly? Yeah, it's... Um it's it's good. It it's actually working a lot better than I had anticipated originally. Um, you know, I think the first few songs that we did were very much organic and the only thing now is we kinda do some songs a bit differently than others. Like, you know, there's a few songs where it could be just one or two of us writing together, like we could have um myself and Luke Menton, our guitar player we write really, really well together and we also write very quickly. Um, mm. Like there's been times where we would either in a practice room or if we were, you know, sending stuff back and forth, we could have a song done in a couple of hours or a day, you know, obviously to make a couple mm. of changes too. But um, no, other times then, if we're all kind of putting stuff back and forth with each other, it's it's great. And something I think I value the most about working with all the guys is, you know, even if we do a shell of a song, it's only about 60, 70% of what the end product is going to be. You know, yeah. it's all about the kind of, Ryan in particular, our, our kind of other guitar player, he would be great at a lot of the kind of, kind of lead ideas and a lot of background noises, different sort of voicings and chords where mm. myself and Luke would be quite rhythmic in the way we yes. write. And, um, you know, we would have the song you know, not finished per se, but we would say, oh, here's a finished song and he might come along and just throw something a little bit left field that'll fit in great. And then, yeah, that's cool. Um, 
it's great and as I think as, as Ainsley said you know on Deceit we kind of did it it was nearly 50-50 I think with, with lyrics it was I did a section you did a section and it just worked really, really well mm-hmm. together. Like we kind of, we kind of bounced off each other. When you were saying about the voice notes there, though, this it was funny how this song started. It was originally a, it was the first song that we all kind of wrote together. Um, after where Truth the Curse came out, but it started off with, I just sent into the chat one evening, so half two at night, and me just kind of doing the riff into my phone, really, really <laughs> low volume. <laughs> And uh, everyone was kind of saying, I was like, what the hell is that? Like, you know, I don't understand what that is. And I said, no, 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 it's, it's going to be great. It was like, I'll get up tomorrow and I'll put a little kind of bit of guitar to it and it'll make sense then, you know. Okay, um, so will we listen to it? Yeah, absolutely. We'll yeah. Give it a blast. Yeah. Savage lads, absolutely savage. Really enjoyed it so much. It's a busy track. There's a lot going on with it. Yeah, there um, is. <laughs> it's different, I think, for, from your last five as well. Ainsley, great vocal performance. That Thanks. lovely lift going into the chorus. Is it the chorus or pre-chorus? I'm not sure. Just where you just change and go upwards. There is fantastic. Carries the song really well. Danielle, big thumbs up. Yeah, definitely. I def- like from the second it started, I was thought it was much darker and grittier from your mm. your EP. 
um, which is cool. You can see the progression and no, it's really enjoyable. I think even it's one of those tracks, the more I listen to, the more I enjoy it, which is always, yeah. they're always the tracks that stand, that, that you remember the most ones that grow on you. Um, <coughs> so it's class. And I think the, the artwork is just so like perfect for it as well. Um, mm. I'm really excited to hopefully see it or hear it live. Um, yeah, in the near true. future fingers crossed and yeah. devastated for you that the siege um, so you're supposed to play the siege sick and yeah. free yeah it would have been good. yeah it would have been class to see at that but hopefully you know all this dies down will be will rock out in yeah, absolutely what was your um, favourite sorry what was your favourite gig to date actually Enzi you want favourite gig um there's never a gig that I don't enjoy. Like every time, whether whether we play like a, like you know the Hailstorm show or like Hands Off Gretel or Metal to the Masses, I always come off with the same feeling. And it's just like so I don't know if I could possibly pick one because like they all feel so good to me. And but no, I don't know. I actually don't know if I could, if I could hand pick one. Maybe because the because Hands Off Gretel was so recent, that one was just sticking in my head a bit more and because we'd never the reception was just just really surprised me so I'm going to go with that one for now because it's just <laughs> probably the pressure yeah. I'd kind of agree I mean you know the Hailstorm show that we did was obviously huge it yeah. was, I think it was a little bit I wouldn't say we were underprepared but we were we were quite young as a band that was our bass player's yeah. second show with us was playing mm. the academy sold out yeah. Um you know, it was absolutely amazing experience. But I think when we played Belfast with Hands Off Grail, like Ainsley said, the reception was just fantastic. We've kind of, we've progressed our live show a lot as well. Um, you know, we're playing, I would say we're a lot tighter now. We kind of play into backing tracks and stuff. We have more kind of, more elements to our live show as well. Mm -hmm. Um but just the response and like we spent, was it about two hours, two and a half hours after that Belfast show, just sitting at the merch table. We were selling merch. People were chatting away to us for ages and it was just fantastic. Absolutely mm. great. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Myself and Danielle were interviewing um, a band from Dublin as well that had to change their name, Drought, oh, yeah. to Fraud. Fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Is there issues with Skate? There's a few of them around. Is there, is there a punk band called Skate? Um, yeah, there's two other bands, I believe, in the States called Skate. And uh, I saw that they changed their name recently because I follow them on, on Facebook and I give them the other <laughs> like name and like here and there, you know. <laughs> keep everything above board. Um, <laughs> and I noticed, yeah, I got a notification say like, oh, Skates have changed their name. And I was like, wait, what? And I realized it was the other band. And um, yeah, so we've never, we, we've had like administrative issues where say, I think we had something with TuneCore there where like our music, their music was coming up under our actual profile, which was a bit weird. We oh, had to get that okay. recorded out. So mm -hmm. sometimes like that can be a bit tricky but like hopefully now because they're the only there I, I said there was two but there's only one of them really who are particularly active at least to the best of my knowledge at the moment so now that they've changed their name things might be a bit easier yeah i think that's it lads um i was going to ask you something else now it's gone off the i think it was about performing <laughs> live again oh yeah that's it what about i know 2020 can be wrote off anyway but like 2021 are you looking at getting over to the uk or europe at any stage do you have management or are you just managing it amongst yourselves we're we're self-managed at the moment mm -hmm. yeah the, the plan was i think we were we were actually doing really well for ourselves right before the lockdown we had the hands off gretel show we had actually recorded deceit at the it was like the first week of march and we got aiden to mix it in new york aiden cunningham who did a yeah, fantastic shout job out to aiden. Mm. But he, we said to him, I was like, look, this is a fairly tight turnaround. We're recording it the first week of March. We need it for the siege, the, you know, the second week of April. Um, and we had a few really nice gigs kind of lined up for the summer and everything like that. And then it's kind of just now on pause for an indefinite amount of time. Um, we would love to, I think we're kind of just focusing out the minute to kind of, you know, we're going to get this single out and kind of to, to, to see where that takes us yeah. a little bit. And then hopefully 
get some more stuff recorded next year to to hopefully kind of tour with um if we can um but the industry mm. is just so uh, yeah. i think we're just we we have no we've no answers really we don't know what way it's going to go so mm. we just have to wait and hope i yeah. suppose we're we're trying to do as much as we can in the background mm-hmm. yeah. um so that by the time gigs do come back that we have um a lot of material and stuff yeah. for people to, to to hear i suppose your biggest priority is to broaden your fan base really and you can only do that yeah. at the moment through social media through playthroughs yeah. and a few other things you know obviously mm-hmm. with the single release as well but yeah I, I think you'd be perfect you go down a storm in europe yeah. Think so, yeah i think so um like even getting Cute. that um the hailstorm gig i'm sure you went down really well with their fans yeah. and um even like Fans like Alter Bridge and things like that. I think you'd be really good supporting like those guys abroad. Cheers, um, thank you. Yeah, there was some could hear hear a bit of their influence in your music. I adore you, fans of them. Yeah, Luke. I think, I think well. Luke is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like and, and a bit of Avenged Sevenfold in there. And, and I was a <laughs> Ryan loves Avenged. Yeah, I was a massive no, I, Sevenfold fan. Yeah. That's that's great that you heard that because um, people <laughs> ask us what our influences are, and I think all five of us have maybe ten different influences. Mm-hmm. You know, and we find it kind of hard to pin. But uh, Alter Bridge is actually a really good one. I hadn't thought of that before. It's a great shout out. No, but um, definitely could see going around in Europe. All right, definitely. Oh, be fantastic. Too. Even like see there's a few Irish bands that have ventured across you know and when they hit the stage it is quality you know that they're bringing so the, the Irish reputation is very good abroad you know well yeah, in Europe anyway mm. so um, yeah fingers crossed if you got on some tour in 2021 who knows you know <laughs> Yeah, we can only hope. Only hope, yeah. We always fucking say this at the end of the show, don't we? We can only hope. <laughs> it's so depressing. Isn't it's it? so yeah. fucking. Oh, yeah. And I hate and I hate talking about fucking COVID, but like it, it's so relevant for you as a band. Yeah. Material coming through, you can only just go. Jesus, 2021 surely be better. Yeah, and it's, I suppose it's in particular for us. We're we're living, we all live miles apart. I mean, there's three of us live in Dublin, but we're about thirty kilometres away from each other in Dublin. And then the two guys are Meath and West Meath as well. So we haven't even really been able to see each other. I think we saw each other twice since March, really, all five of yeah. us together. So in terms of getting stuff done that way as well, it's 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 not helpful. But yeah. um, we're just trying to be positive, and oh, yeah. you know, this is the hand we've been dealt with. Okay, what can we do to try and mm. do the best we can? You yeah. know, we could sit and feel sorry and say, well, we could have got X, Y, or Z if this didn't happen, but yeah. we're stuck with it now. You know, we have to just try and do our best. Yeah, we're definitely trying to just exploit this time as much as we can <laughs> to, like, in fairness, we've had more time to get all our ducks in line for this release, and mm-hmm. I, it's definitely yeah. a much more cohesive, less stressful. Absolutely, yeah. So far, oh, anyways. Yeah. Oh, touch yeah. wood, like, <laughs> nothing goes horribly wrong. <laughs> but, um, like, we're already more prepared for them. I think that that extra time has has helped us because we've been, we knew we were going to release this, uh, well, this year, but mm-hmm. then and obviously lockdown happened and we had a lot of time to think about what we we're going to do and how we we're going to do it what you know um so as well as just focusing on writing the song so we'll never have time like this again and um so it's just i think we're just trying to as Ronan always says be proactive rather than reactive is that what you say <laughs> that's your yeah. tagline my tv you know <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah we're just trying to make the best of a bad situation yeah, yeah. Excellent stuff. So the single is out on Friday the 13th. I love saying that. And it's called Deceit. And check out Skated on Bandcamp. Um, social media side of things are very active, which is great to see. I love seeing that. And thanks to Ronan and Ainsley for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. Thanks, guys, for having us. Pleasure. Thanks, Daniel, as always, fair play. Thanks a million. Thanks, lads. <laughs> Okay, you've been listening to Richie in the Metal Cell. Please hit like, subscribe to the show. And as I said, keep an eye out for November the 13th. Skated will be releasing their brand new single, Deceit. Cheers.